You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, the CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL broadcaster and analyst. On today's episode, we have a special edition interview episode. We're joined today by Washington Spirit forward Ashley Hatch, currently the leader in the Golden Boot Race. How are you doing today, Ashley Hatch? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you uh, because I don't know if you've heard, but your team has cur- is currently in third place, currently clinched the playoff uh, spot in the 2021 playoffs. It's an exciting time. Washington Spirit sitting third in the standings with 36 points right now, record of 10, 7, and 6. Let's get into things. Let's. I, I would like to start with the the origin story here, the, the, the arc, your character arc in this long story of Washington Spirit. It's, it was a tough start for you individually. You were navigating some some early uh, injuries there, but um, what has the journey been like sort of getting back into form and and, and how are you just sort of feeling now, now that uh, the end of the season is coming into picture? Um, It's been a wild ride for sure. I think everyone, at least once a day, someone makes a joke like this season's still going on. Like, cause I feel like we've had so many ups and downs, a lot, (laughs) a lot of downs, but on the field, a lot of ups. So it's been good. Um, just being able to, you know, finally as a team and as an individual kind of hit our form at the right time and peak at the right time. So um, all those downs have been worth it to get to where we are right now, especially like on the field, <laughs> off the field's a little bit of a different story. Um, but I don't know, it feels good. And I'm excited to, you know, continue to keep things rolling and hopefully continue to improve as an individual and as team going into playoffs. When, when you take a second to maybe look back at the start of the season, looking back in, in, in that month of May, what, what did you maybe expect out of the team uh, compared to now you guys were coming off of that 2021 challenge cup going into the regular season, maybe a little bit of inconsistencies. What, what were, were some of your own expectations of the team then versus now? Um, I mean, I've always had high expectations for this team. Um, I think uh, we have a lot of great individuals, but I think the expectations were to get us individuals working as a collective. And I think that's always been the goal. Um, And we've had some times where it didn't work well, and we've definitely had times where it did work well. So I think the expectation was just getting all those individual pieces. We had so many like powerhouse individuals but how can we get that to work together how can we put the right people in the right spots we have we've had people moving from position to position trying to figure out what suits them best and what like helps the team best so I think it's just getting all those pieces in the right spots and getting everyone to be playing their best together and I think we're definitely getting there and we're definitely hitting our stride and so, I don't know, that was the expectation. And I think we're getting pretty close. 
the pieces have fallen into place at time and time again, week in, week out. It's It's been a really dynamic attack from the Washington Spirit this year, and it's been dubbed as one of the younger attacks in this league, uh, scoring goals, making highlight reels, and NWSL goal of the week. But between you, Ashley Sanchez, and Trinity Rodman, how has the chemistry uh, developed over this season? Um, it's been good. It's been fun to work with Trin and Sanchez and Tara and everyone, anyone else who who's rotated up top with us. Um, we just have so many different skill sets with with every individual. And so it's been fun to experiment with that in practice and in games. We have a lot of speed, but we also can hold the ball. I feel like we're very dynamic and you it's very unpredictable. And I think that's kind of placed our favor. Um, sometimes we don't know what each other is doing on the field. Like Sanchez, he's so creative. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm just going to keep running. Um, but it's good. So like, it's been really fun. And I, I honestly think it can get better and we can continue to learn um, the tendencies of each other. And like, I think our final pass is definitely getting better but I still think that we can connect a few more of those I think every game we've played I can think of two or three chances that could have been goals whether the final pass was just like barely too fast or too slow or it's just that final finish and we're up a few more goals so um, I've enjoyed it but I still have high expectations always you know pushing to get better and so I think we can continue to get better but you're, you're right it's been a lot of fun and we've been super dynamic. So I've enjoyed it. <laughs> it's a bit of a learning curve almost because you don't always know what your teammates are going to do. How do you find that balance between um, being just organic and generating creativity on the field, but also running through your, your formations and your passing sequences? How do you balance that in a game? Um, that's a good question. I, I mean, I think all the work happens at training and we've been watching a lot of film and I've personally been watching a lot of film um, and it just helps to see, you know, take yourself outside of, you see things on the field when you're playing, right. And you're like, okay, I swear I did the right thing. or I was there to support this person and whatnot. But then when you step back and you watch it, like as an outsider, you're like, Oh crap, I was wrong. Or I could have supported my made this way or that way so I think for me watching film as an individual has helped but also we've been watching film as smaller groups like attacking groups and I think that has helped a lot just to help us see things off the field so that when we're on the field we can execute a little better. Ashley as we um, look at this final stretch of the regular season here um, fans and supporters and, and, and pundits of, of the league are saying that this year is one of the most competitive seasons in NWSL and in its history uh, how, how do you think the competition in the league has has compared uh, to other seasons past that you've participated in oh I would agree like this year has been super competitive I've never been a part of like a, a playoff race I guess you could say that's been this close where like literally every single game and every single point matters um it makes it so much more fun I think when it's this competitive I've in years past um there's always been you know North Carolina and Portland you know like clinched it I feel like halfway through this season you know um but that's not the case this year and so it's it's been a lot of fun I think it's great for this league and it's a it's a testament to how good each team is and how good all the players are. So um, it's exciting. 
it's also, I think, a testament to to how rapid that that growth has has taken place. I mean, you've been you've been in the league since since 2017, and um, it, just sort of picking back a, a little bit off of talking about that dynamic attack with 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 Sanchez and, and Rodman. Have you sort of um, maybe embraced a little bit of a leadership or or veteran role when it comes to kind of working with those two particular players as they're just kind of getting their footing uh, as professionals in this league? Um, yeah, I, I always can like giggle to myself when people say like, oh, we're we're a young team. I'm like, I'm not really that young anymore, but whatever, <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I know when I was their age and I was a younger player, I feel like I'm middle, middle of the road. So I guess not old <laughs> and not young. Um, I, I looked up to the veterans on the team or the girls that have been there for a while um and I'm a person that just likes to lead by example so I you know every day at training I try and do my best to be that leader on the field and just work great work ethic I think that's one thing that every player can control and that's one thing that will continue to help players like myself but Sanchez and Rodman continue they're already great players and very talented players, but that is what's going to help them continue to improve um, at the, from the level that they've started. They started at such a high level, but how can you get yourself to continually get better each and every season? And that's hard to do in this league. When you look at your personal development on the field and and maybe from the start of this season until right now, what is something that you wanted to personally get better at? Uh, I mean, I've wanted to just get better at finishing. <laughs> That's something that um, as a striker, as a forward, I like. I feel it as a huge responsibility. You know, the team literally builds the ball all the way up to the attacking third and they need someone to put it away. And so that's something that I've always wanted to be able to do for my team is just to be reliable and to be able to put the ball in the back of the net. And so that was something where it started – uh, it was kind of a slow start, especially in the Challenge Cup for me. Where I feel like I had chances, but I wasn't able to just put the ball back in the net. And um, luck- <laughs> luckily, I was able to find my form and start putting the ball in the back of the net a little bit more. So um, that's something that I'm continually working on. And now just like being able to do it anywhere <laughs> on the field, basically. So still working on it. But that's something that I came into this season wanting to work on. Well, right now you're, you're leading the league in goals. You have 10 right now. So you're doing, you're doing pretty well. And we've talked a lot about putting the pieces of the puzzle together and, and building the attack and making that chemistry really work, especially in the attack and scoring goals and, and Washington spirit, you guys did it. You made the playoffs, you've clinched a spot in the postseason, And now as you head into the final weekend of regular season matches, um, knowing that you're already in the playoffs, how does that change your preparation for this weekend? Um, the preparation for me doesn't change much like playoffs we will address those and get ready for those as soon as we like the week leading up to that first playoff game but for me we're still in regular season you know we still want to win want to score get a clean sheet all those things so right now you know we're you know our foot is not off the gas we're ready to go we're excited for um, some of our national team girls um, for Jamaica and Mexico came back today at training. So it's nice to get 
them back and then the U.S. girls will be back soon. So um, we're just preparing for Houston. So that's kind of, at least that's my mindset. <laughs> so some girls might be different, but that's how I'm preparing. Can only focus on what's in front of you sometimes. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, the, the Washington spirit, Um, you know, they've made a lot of headlines this season and, and not just for, you know, all of the wonderful on, on field performances you guys have been putting together over, over the last uh, final stretch uh, of the season. There's, there's been off field things that the team has had to sort of uh, try to go through and, and balance while, navigating being pro soccer players um we've seen all kinds of things we've seen it sort of spread out into other areas we've seen the supporters group in the social in the in the spirit squadron you know holding upside the games taking to, to social media and asking for change um along with the the spirit players uh, themselves getting involved and sort of taking that that role of of speaking for for yourselves you right and uh kind of issuing forth uh demands uh, what is perhaps the latest that you can you can give us in terms of an update with, with all that with what the team is currently navigating and how they are trying to stay in communication with what is currently going on while also preparing for for the playoffs uh, that is a great question. I feel like it's a loaded question. There's, um, I feel like it's hard because you want to balance being able to put a good product on the field, but also like demand change. You don't want players to have to go through what you're going through right now, but you also want to seize the moment like us making the playoffs. So it's, it's been a struggle to be able to like balance those and, you know, to put on the hat, take off that hat. Um, but I feel like as a team, we've done a good job of like, once we're on the field playing together, that's what we're doing. Once we're off the field, then we can continue to have those conversations of like, or ask those questions. I feel like this is the most questions we've asked as a group of players. We've asked questions of our ownership. We've asked questions from our coaches, from our coaching staff, like what's going on, what's next. But at some point we need to stop <laughs> asking the questions because it's just overload. Right. So we've been trying to balance that as of right now. I know, I mean, the, you guys know pretty much everything I know. <laughs> we put out that statement as players, um, Steve stepped down, but I think we're still, they're still working through some like ownership stuff that's above my pay grade and I'm not sure what's going on um so as of right now we're just focusing on the field but um, we're all very aware that things need to change and we are doing what we can to demand change and um I hope that <laughs> things change so that's my answer for your loaded question <laughs> We had the player, uh, we had the pleasure of speaking with Megan Burke, who is the executive director of the NWSL Players Association. And, and we got to ask her a kind of what's been happening on her side of things. Um, for you, Ashley, you are one of the Spirits player reps for the NWSL Players Association. Over these last few weeks, um, what has your role looked like as that player rep for your team um, with all the negotiations, the demonstrations that have been happening, the things even within your own team? So, so what has your role looked like as player rep? Um, just being a, a source of communication and reference for, you know, our players and the players association, kind of that middleman. We have Tori on our team, which is a huge blessing because she plays such a huge role um, in the players association. 
Um, but yeah, Megan Burke is, uh, she's amazing. Like we're so lucky to have her on our side fighting for us. And when we, you know, we're deciding for the demonstration and what we wanted to do as a league together in solidarity, like there was a ton of communication going on between the player reps and our team and just communicating, like we wanted to do something that every single player was okay with and could get behind. And we knew that, you know, it would be most powerful if we all did it together. And so um, there were just a lot of lots of Zoom calls <laughs> kind of like this, like after practice, just getting on, being present for those meetings to be able to hear the information and then pass it on to all of our teammates and, you know, answer any questions or bring those questions back to um, the player reps and get those things answered. Um, so it's just been a lot of communication, <laughs> really. You mentioned asking those questions and the players have gotten some answers and we've seen some change already come from the league and, and really because of the players, but for you, what more do you want to see moving forward? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, the league has done a good job of being responsive to the demands that we have put out and, we are creating a better relationship with our demands and them listening. But I think in the CBA, like things need to move a little bit quicker and there are things that we are fighting for that are really important to us. And so I, I mean, in my, <laughs> this is just me, but like free agency, that's something that's huge or increases in salary. Those are huge things that can impact, will impact not only me, but the rest of this league, all the players and the future players that play in this league. And so that's something that is really important um, for us as a players association, as players. So I'm hoping that things can move along at a faster pace <laughs> than they are right now. So that's probably the top of my list. And I know it's the top of a lot of people's lists. Uh, Ashley, with all of the, the ongoing CBA negotiations, <clears throat> there's also been uh, a lot of recent reporting uh, highlighting and detailing a lot of former players' uh, experiences uh, with certain teams and uh, certain coaches, and uh, they were very difficult and uh, hard reads uh, to, to get through, and so much so that there was a, a point in the season where uh, games were postponed. There have been player demonstrations uh, out on the field uh, amongst uh, the players, the coaches, and and current staff. Um, one of one of the stories that they came out uh, featured a former teammate of yours and Kaya McCullough uh, speaking about her experiences. Um, it's when you read something like that as a former teammate or or, or see or see that come out. Is is that something um, that is? that you're unable to process at, at that time just because of everything going on with the ongoing season? And, and if it's not, is, is it something that you would like to maybe try to take a look at and focus on how the team moving forward can continue to be a, a supportive place uh, for, for all players uh, in the future? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And when that first article came out, I think it's so hard because – I mean, I've asked myself this question a million times, like realizing that the way we are treated as players was not right. And it's never right, no matter what the situation is. And 
I've asked myself so many times, like, should I have done something sooner? Could I have done something sooner? And like, there's so many instances on the practice field or like in team meeting rooms where I've played over, over in my mind, like, should I have set up and said something? Um, but a lot, I mean, a lot of us, I think had to handle and deal with a lot of verbal and emotional abuse. Um, and so I don't know, it's, it's hard, but I mean, we appreciate Kaya and all these players speaking out because when you're in the middle of it, sometimes it's hard to realize that the way you're being treated is not right. Um, but once that <laughs> piece is removed, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air and you're like, wow, this is that something was wrong. <laughs> if there's that this big of an impact when this piece is moved. Um, so at the, I mean, when it was fresh <laughs> off the press, literally, and like things were going on among the club and pieces moving, it was, it was for me, it was a really, really tough week um, to be, to have to like step on the field and kind of have a lot of memories and instances be kind of played back um, and then have to continue to move forward. Um, so I think the biggest takeaway for me is that I hope that this, well, not hope, like this will never happen again <laughs> to anyone or any player in this league. And that's what, that's why it's so important for, you know, the players, association and all the players. That's why we're all behind this. And we want this league to be a safer league. And we want it to be a league where uh, women feel empowered to play. They feel safe to play. They you know, they want to come here and be like, this is what I've worked my whole life for. Like, watch me do my thing. And so there's a lot that needs to change and that change is happening. But I think all of our eyes <laughs> were opened really wide once we read these articles and kind of had these lived experiences. So it was it was really tough. Um, but I think yeah. we're moving in a better direction. Absolutely. It's uh, it's been something to sort of witness this current change that's that's happening uh, right now. Something else I've I've noticed uh, kind of stemming back in, in, into last last year, kind of growing into to this year is, is starting to see uh, a lot more community involvement uh, from players within their respective local markets. And uh, something I'd like to chat with you a little bit about is the Boots from Pros uh, initiative that, that you started. You've been really active in, in the community, starting this cleat donation program, and you've been trying to, to make that local impact how did boots from pros kind of come to life and and, and would you like to to see that expand yes <laughs> thank you so much for bringing it up it makes me so happy to talk about it um but yeah i boots from pros was created i guess the beginning of last season um i just as a professional soccer player i have the luxury of having nice cleats and sometimes um you know you have a pair of cleats that have a lot of miles left in them. And I was cleaning out my closet and I found a really nice pair of cleats. I think I got it from like a U23 camp a while ago. Didn't like the style of them or something. And so I just had been carrying them around, but I was like, all right, it's time to get rid of these. And instead of taking them to Goodwill or something, I was like, I'd really love to give these to like a youth player who maybe can't afford cleats, but love soccer and could, you know, put these cleats to good use, scoring some goals or something. So uh, I just posted like an Instagram story kind of stating that like, Hey, I'm looking for someone. Like if anyone knows a player that could be, could use a pair of cleats, like, let me know. And I kept, 
I got so many DMs from like, like dads or moms who were high school coaches, club soccer coaches who had players on their team, you know, who duct taped their cleats. I mean, we've all been there before, right? Cleats are so expensive. And if you're playing club soccer or just, you know, it's, it's tough these days to afford a nice pair of cleats. And I was like, well, this is, this is really cool. I think this could turn into something because I know I have teammates who have nice Nike or Adidas contracts and they get sent tons of cleats and they wear them once or twice. And then it's on to the next color scheme. <laughs> so, uh, so that's kind of where it all started, but I was like, how cool would it be? Like when I was younger, I never met a female professional athlete, let alone soccer player. And so I thought it'd be really cool to bridge that gap between professional soccer players and they sell players and the youth. And so I was like, this is a great opportunity to bridge that gap. So boots from pros essentially gives youth players in need um, a pair of either brand new or lightly used boots along with a note from the player that it came from. So like the player can write something like enjoy these boots or I know on my donation note, it says, um, it's a little things that make a big difference. So make the most of these cleats. So, um, it's very individualized and that's kind of how I want it. I, I didn't want it to be like this mass donation thing where you don't know where these cleats came from. Um, so yeah, we've been, I've been able to donate about, I want to say maybe 12 to 15 pairs. <laughs> it's a slow process because it's hard to find the right players, but that's, um, that's why I'm willing to put in the work because I want it to be so individualized and I want these kids to feel special. Um, and also like kind of raise awareness, like, Hey, you have an NWSL team right in your backyard. Um, go watch this person play. So, I mean, like big goal and dream is to have a boost from pros in every single NWSL market. So <laughs> luckily the Washington spirit gets to be the trial run for this. Still trying to figure out how I can scale this, <laughs> But yeah, so that's essentially where Boots from Pros came from. That's an awesome initiative. And here's, I mean, well, here's hoping that it continues to grow. I think, uh, <laughs> I think it might. I think, I think people are getting introduced to it to the first time here, listening to that on Attacking Third. So hopefully uh, that'll be the start of something uh, bigger for you in the future. Thank you so much for joining us today. Ashley Hatch, good luck in the playoffs. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us today and listening. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at Attacking Third. We're also available as uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. And we're also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third. For Sandra Detta and Lisa Roman, once again, good luck in the playoffs, Ashley. This was attacking third. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time just like me, and also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiori gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports.
Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.